Balance Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. is a soul fire production. What is up under the influence fam today? I have on a powerhouse and a just awesome human being. I recently went on her show and got the opportunity to chat all about get super and about Agus marketing. And now I'm having her on mine. So I would love to introduce Miss Natalie Barbu. She is the founder of Rella social and the host of the real real podcast. What I loved most about having Natalie on is that she talked about everything from her business to her podcast to also her own personal social following. So I'm completely intrigued by people that are not only able to capture an audience and really build a following, but that take it and run with it and turn it into even a completely different entity of a business. So what Natalie has done with her own personal following to now her leading into Rella Social, I think is absolutely incredible. And also I just love her podcast. So let's get to it and welcome on Miss Natalie Barbu. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show today. I have on Miss Natalie Barbu. She is the host of The Real Real. And Natalie, I'm so excited to chat with you about your business and honestly, just the conception of everything that you've built. You are this incredible personality on social media. You've created this awesome podcast. And I want to talk about how you got into this specific vertical of business and also what led you to it. Because being in the social space and being in this time now where influencing and having your own personal brand is, you know, you're able to monetize it. I feel like it's a topic that everyone wants to talk about or is interested in understanding better. And I want to hear from your side, how this all took place from the very beginning. Yeah. So definitely. I always tell people like I started social media when it was not what it is at all today. Like it was the best decision because I didn't know that the potential of it, you know, I started in 2011, I was 15. I started on YouTube and I had no idea that anyone could make money off of it. I had no idea this could be a career for anyone. Like back then it was just like, I'm just going to post videos for fun. Like I, it's just like a fun thing to do. Like I grew up always wanting to like be in front of the camera. Like I wanted to do acting. I, I would force my siblings to do like skits with me and I would like take <laughs> my parents' camera and like, like force them to like be in these like shows that I would produce with them. So <laughs> For me, it was just like another creative outlet. But then once I saw really like how fun it was, how much I enjoyed it, how people were watching and like there was actually an audience, I was like, okay, I have to stick with this. So started doing like beauty and fashion. And I mean, it had no right doing that at 15, but whatever. And then I kind of moved on to, you know, more like lifestyle content. I filmed like a lot of college content. I was doing then like after college, I was doing a lot of like post-grad type of content. Now I do a lot of, you know, vlogs, but also more like entrepreneurial type of stuff where I like kind of take people behind the scenes of my business and like what I do day to day. So it's really evolved as I've evolved. And so that's what I really love about social media is like, you can do whatever you want with it. Like there's no like niche or bubble you need to stick in. Like it's all up to you on like, what type of content you create. 
And I, and I want to talk about too, like where, so was your passion originally in like, like fashion? Was that like, did you want to be the fashion creator? Yes. When I was younger. So when I was really like before high or before college, I remember I was like, I love fashion. I want to do this. I wanted to be like a stylist. Then I wanted to be like a fashion buyer. I wanted to go to school for fashion. Like I like really, really loved it, but I'm really happy. I didn't go down that route because I think what I liked about it was like the creativity and like in the moment, like, you know, I really enjoyed like picking out outfits and stuff like that, but like, that's not really my passion anymore. So I'm glad that I did something a bit more broad that like could allow me to kind of pick and choose. Like if I wanted to do fashion now, I could totally like go back into it, but I'm glad I didn't just like stick with that because my interests have definitely changed as I've gotten older. Yeah. And I think that's something that we could totally touch on being in social media is that pivot, right? Especially as a creator. So when did when did this start becoming a business? Because obviously you have your own following, you're the host of the podcast, and then you also have Rella Social. So when when did you start seeing the shift from, okay, I'm creating content to now this is my career and I'm jumping headfirst into this? Yeah. So I started making money a few years in, like in the beginning, I really was not making any money. And then I started making money a few years in, but like, I never thought that it could be a career. Like I always Mm -hmm. thought like, Oh my God, like if I could just hit like a hundred thousand subscribers, or if I just like got like made like a little bit of money on this, like that would be so cool. Like it was never the end goal of me or of mine because I didn't think it was possible. And so once I started like making a little bit of money and then I saw people like move to LA and do it full time, I was like, okay, there's definitely like potential in this. Like I'm going to try to see like what the full potential is. And that's when I started taking it more seriously. And I started like having a consistent schedule with my content. Mm -hmm. I started treating like my followers as if they were my friends rather than just like posting something and forgetting about it. I started trying to be like intentional about building a community. And so that's when things shifted. And I started viewing social media more as like an opportunity, more as a stepping stone and like that it could open a lot of doors for me. Like it was never something that I was like, I want to hit a certain amount of followers and that's my end goal, or I want to do this as a career. And that's my end goal. It was always social media will bring so many opportunities. It's going to open a lot of doors and whatever I want to do in life, I can use social media to like help me get there. And that was where, where like my mentality shifted. I, I think that's such an incredible point because I think everyone is the, their first immediate question is how do I make money off this? Or how many followers do I need to get in order for me to secure brand deals so that I can make this my full time. So there's this very like heavy, like goal, but there it's almost like it comes through what you're doing. It comes through the creation. It comes through the intention and the content. And I love that you were like, I want to kind of reverse that and be more intentional. And I know more being more intentional is what's going to bring me the opportunity in like the long run. Exactly. And that was where I was like, that's why, I mean, social media algorithms, social media platforms, like they change all the time. And I didn't want to rely on just like a metric, like the number of followers I have to determine like my success or what I do in life or anything like that. I was always like, I'm going to create a very strong community and it doesn't matter how many followers I have. Like, obviously I had a goal. I was like, I want to hit hundred K or I want to hit whatever. Like, I think that's important to have, but it was always like, I didn't want to just hit them just to hit them. I wanted them to be like very engaged and involved. And I wanted to like talk to them. I wanted to treat them as friends. I wanted to like 
really get to know them. And then I wanted to move and be like, what can I like, what business can I start? What can I do after this? And then bring them along with me. And that's kind of what I started using it for. So then with Rella, it was like a perfect fit where I was like, this is what I want to start. This is like a need that I have. And like, I already have this audience where I can like pull them. I can bring them in focus groups. I can talk to them. I could have them be the first users. And like, they're going to be honest with me. And that was like, great. It would have been so much harder to start like Rella, for example, if I didn't already have that like community around me. Yeah. It's, it's again, you're creating these businesses off of your own influence versus creating the businesses to pull in more influence, which is, you know, very awesome. Where, where did the name come from? Rella? Yeah. Um, so actually our designers came up with it. I wish I said that I came up with it. I should start calling people <laughs> that, but like I didn't, I'm not that creative. So Rella, I started, I wanted a name that sounded like the words relatable, something that was like building relationships, um, not trans. I always said like, we're building relationships, not transactions. Cause I felt like social media was very like transactional. Yeah. And I was like, we are going to be building relationships. And I kept like throwing out that word. And then because I wanted it to be like relatable and personable, I was like, I want it to sound like a human name, like yeah. something that it would be like a name, but like not actually be a name. Like I didn't want it to be like Alexa or something like that. You know, I wanted sure. it to be like, something short, sweet, sounds like it could be a person, rolls off the tongue and that it's SEO friendly. Where like, if I search it on Google, like we would come up. So it was like all of those criterias. And then our designers um, came up with a list of like five names and Rella was one of them. And I was like, Mm. that is perfect. Like, that's exactly like (laughs) what I was envisioning in my head. That's amazing. I just thought the name was so cute. I thought for sure it was something to do with the podcast because the real, real, and then also Rella, you have like these like R's, like this R theme going on. I know the R L like R E L is like a very <laughs> R E A L like <laughs> all those letters. Yeah. That's it just, awesome. I mean, on brand, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So who was like m- the most influential person when you went to, you know, when you started creating or you started your podcast or you're like, now I want to start this social agency. Like what, who was the person that was really influencing you? So I would look, I would, I mean, I would listen to a ton of podcasts. I would like try to look up videos of people that felt like I felt like I could relate to, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately I felt like there wasn't that many, especially like starting an app, for example, entering like the tech industry, there were barely any women that were doing it. And then let alone like young women that were in the field documenting it at least. And so I felt a little discouraged there. I was like, oh my God, I'm entering this thing with like, no roadmap, like no one, no one. I mean, I know people have done it before, but no one's like documented it and like shown the process. And so that's why I was like, I'm going to be the one that documents it, but I'm probably going to make like a lot of mistakes along the way. But I didn't have like one specific person that I looked up to. It was kind of just like a bunch of different podcasts and books and like YouTube videos. And I would search, I would search so much like how to start this or like what is fundraise? Like, how do I fundraise? Or like, how do I make like a financial projection spreadsheet? Like all the technical things I would search. And I would, um, one resource that really helped me was slide bean. They're like a YouTube channel and they help like, they do a lot of like startup and like business resources. And that helped me a lot. So I would just like, I pretty much got my like MBA on YouTube. (laughs) Wait, was it, can you say that one more time for the listeners? Slide bean? Slide bean. Like like being like the food. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's a really helpful tip. And also I'm going to check that out because I'm the same way. Google was the literally my education for starting my agency and everything that I've done. And it still continues to be. Um, so I totally feel that with, 
you starting your own business, you know, obviously again, we talk about, I want to be like clear from going from like a creator standpoint to now taking on, I'm assuming clients with like the social media agency, what, how did that shift work? And how was that as an entrepreneur, you know, being more in this personal brand space and having built this community to now actually operating a day-to-day business? Yeah. So that was a little like, it wasn't hard, but it was like a bit of an adjustment, I would say, where mm-hmm. when you're a creator, I definitely think that creators are running their own businesses for sure. Like, and I do sure. think like being on social media, you are like a business owner, but there is a difference when you are working solo, like a solopreneur versus like having a team and hiring and like dealing, like scaling something. Cause it's only, yeah. you can only scale like your personal brand so much, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so that was the difference of like getting into the mindset of like, how does this scale? And like, how do I make this a legit business rather than just something I'm like doing and like as like a small little thing, you know? And so that mindset was a little hard because I've never had to do anything like that before. And like, Mm -hmm. I, so I really leaned into like Google, YouTube, all of these resources to help me kind of lay the foundation. Right. But really I started small. Like I started with like, okay, you get one client and you kind of gauge like pricing. Like, okay, I think this is fair. I started asking people what they were charging. I was like looking on different websites, like, like to see like what people would charge. I would see, you know, I would ask other people that have done it before me. I was like, can you get on a call with me? And can we like talk about like your process? I read a lot of books about it. Like it was a lot of just like preparation, but at the same time, while I was preparing, I was diving in at the same time. Like I was getting clients as I was like preparing, you know, it was like (laughs) one of those where I was like, I'm going to figure it out, but I'm going to learn along the way. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the way that a lot of businesses grow. So let's go back to social because obviously your personal brand, the podcast and, you know, Rella all revolve around social media. So where do you see social media going? I mean, we have Meta now, TikTok is a huge player. Twitter just got acquired. <laughs> like, like where where do you see social media going right now? Yeah, I definitely think that the wave is still on like TikTok short form video content. Like I think people now are definitely leaning into video. And I think the way that social media has evolved from like the original days of like MySpace and Facebook, like let's go back then. Mm-hmm. It was like that you just posted for your friends and your family and like mm-hmm. not really strangers on the internet. And then people started kind of like me, started like getting on YouTube and like other social media sites where it started becoming more for like people that you don't know. And that was like yeah. a little weird. And now, and like people would make fun of you if you did that. And like it wasn't, it wasn't that normal. And now we've gone to the age of like everyone is an influencer. Like Everyone can be considered an influencer. You can blow up with one TikTok. You Mm -hmm. have the power to like any single person can like recommend a product and put it on the internet and like a million people can see it, you know? So like, I think that now we're in the age where like social media is not necessarily for like connecting with friends and family. Mm -hmm. It's for the age of everyone to become like some sort of famous or get views or something like that. Like I think now when people post, they post in hopes of like blowing up. And like yeah. they post in hopes of like getting views, even if they are not necessarily considered like influencers themselves. Like mm-hmm. it's just the the nature of social media now is like you post so that you can get views and likes and follows. And like, that's the reason of posting. So I think, yeah, yeah we're definitely gearing in more to like video content because that's what does well. It's what captures attention. It's what you can be a little more creative with. And it makes me sad that like a lot of platforms though are going towards that type of content, like Instagram, for example, because I do think there's still a need for like different forms, like long form, short form photos. 
But mm-hmm. I think that everyone's kind of trying to ride the wave of TikTok and we're going to yeah. see a lot more video in the future. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I do want to touch on this topic because this is something I've been thinking about. And I feel like we're going to, going to see the word influencer really break down. Um, I feel like as more and more people niche themselves down to more and more people just being able to go viral, I think we're going to see multiple levels of like this, like what is an influencer or who is an influencer, right? Because you're right. The word influencer started with people having an impact over a large amount of community via social media or online space, whether it was a blog or YouTube or whatnot. And now it's like, you see this whole change in the environment where, you know, someone that has a farm that takes care of her cows every day. And I'm saying this because I love this girl. I stalk her crazy on TikTok. (laughs) She has all these cute cows and she just runs a dairy farm. She blows up. But is she quote unquote an influencer? Is she impact like, yes, right? Is she impacting her community or, you know, or is she making money off it? So where, like, I feel like now we're in this space where it's like, you're right. Anyone can blow up and anyone can be go viral or get canceled or things like that. But now how are we, how are we qualifying them? And I guess I'm saying that too, as like a marketing standpoint where it's like, do we, you know, do they make money off it? Do they have an impact? Like, what does that look like? And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on someone that just blows up versus someone that's making this their day to day. Yeah. And I think like, if someone just blows up, I wouldn't necessarily call them an influencer right away. I think an Mm -hmm. influencer, you have to be a bit more intentional with like community building and like, you have to be more consistent. You have to have some sort of like theme of what your niche of what you're posting in. But I think that once you start like being consistent, communicating with followers, generating community, um, try actively trying to grow your social media, that is like influencer status to me. Like if I was a brand, I wouldn't work with someone that just blew up once yeah. and be like, Oh, can I pay you to post something? Cause like, mm-hmm. I have no idea their work ethic. I don't know. Like if they even like know who's following them, I don't think that they have even like a brand yet. I think they just kind of got lucky, but I think there's a lot of people that can like blow up and get lucky and then ride that wave to like become an influencer. Or a lot of people have been like trying to be an influencer for like months or years and it's never hit. And then finally it hits and they're like prepared. Like I know one girl who she was posting like three times a day on TikTok and she was not getting like any views. Like it was like very low views. All of a sudden, one of her videos got like 20 million views. (laughs) And so she was prepared because she was already like trying mm-hmm. to build community in the process. And so she like continued to post three times a day. She was going live on TikTok every single day. And now she has, she literally went from 200 followers on TikTok to 200,000 something in one month. That's like insane. Insane. But now it's like, she has a community. She has yeah. themes in her videos. She's like playlists. Like she laid the groundwork already. So when she did blow up, it was like, it was natural to her, you know, like she was already doing it. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. (laughs) Get Super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you 
all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. Let's kind of dive into that a little bit more. Where, what do you think is like a good piece of advice for someone that maybe is out there, they're hitting the pavement, they're trying to build that foundation, but man, they are not getting any traction. What's like a p- good piece of advice from you? Or what would One, you I definitely think like, it might not happen right away for everyone. So like, if it's been like a month or something, like give it time, but also you are allowed to pivot. I feel like sometimes people feel like, oh my God, I have to keep doing the exact same thing. And then they don't pivot. And then on the opposite end, there's people that will watch every single video on like how to grow on social media and then change their strategy every single day. So it's like, you're never going to know what's working and what's not because like you're not consistent with anything. So I would say the number one thing you need to be consistent with is like one consistency, like actually posting, you have to be posting consistently. And then another thing is like, start being intentional about building community early on, like start talking to the hundred people that follow you start really seeing like, what do they want to see? Watch some videos that like, what are videos that you want to see online or what is content that you want to see online? And like, how can you make that into your own thing mm-hmm. without like obviously copying them, but you know, like, how could you like make the content that you wish that you could see out there and just like be consistent beyond theme and communicate with your followers at a very early on. It's not, I don't really like the advice of like, you have to post this many times a day and you have to post at this time and use these hashtags. Oh, and if you like log out of the app right after you post, like your video is not going to get a lot of views. So you have to like stay logged in. Like that doesn't matter. It's literally just like, do people want to watch your videos? And like, Mm -hmm. are you someone that like feels like they, you actually care about your community. And like that to me is like what matters the most. And so those three things, just start doing those and like, don't change your strategy every single day because you like heard a new tip online. (laughs) I feel like the basics really do work. It's kind of like skincare. Like when (laughs) like people are like trying like so many different things or their skincare routine, but like really the best stuff is usually like the simplest. And like, I feel like it's like the same thing with social media. Well, I feel like too, it's also exactly like what you're saying. So like back when like influencers became like this thing, everyone used the word be authentic, like be authentic, just be yourself. Like eventually it will hit. I feel like there is something to be said about a couple different things as a creator, at least from what I've seen. And it seems like the ones that do blow up, it seems like the ones that do make this their, you know, full-time gig, it is them producing content that they would enjoy like seeing or like content that they want to see. And then also too, it's them again, just never giving up. Like it's, it's almost like they're doing this same thing over and over again with different tweaks and different angles. But I mean, again, like the question we have to ask ourselves is like, why are we showing up to our favorite influencers page every day? And it's because of that consistency. It's because we want to see 
that same thing that they're producing and or a version of that one theme, right? And exactly. And I totally agree with you on the, I think also too, there's something to be said about clickbait and these creators that blow up with these tips and tricks that is just clickbait. And Mm -hmm. it, it like breaks my heart. Cause I'm like, okay, well, like, like this one girl posted the other day that she like got all this shit for free. And she's like, if you want to learn, like sign up for my course. And I'm like, oh my God, like it just, it kind of is like one of those things where it feels like there's also this other side of influencing and making money where it's almost feels a little like you're taking advantage of people or you're selling this kind of like falseness to those that are like desperate to try to be able to turn this into their life. And I love that you talk about relationships and you talk about the intention behind everything that you've built, because I think that's also a little bit of a rarity. I think a lot of times too, we see influencers that blow up that are like, shit, like, I'm like, what do I do? You know? And then they either lean one direction or another, but I I think that there's something to be said about the content that you're creating also has needs to be intentional and it needs to be relatable. And you need to be able to understand why people are showing up every day, because that's going to help you grow that community. Yeah. And also like you were saying, like the people that are like, Oh, sign up for my course. If you want to like make six figures on social media, (laughs) it's very like MLM vibes. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I also think it's one of those things where what works for you might not work for anyone else. And so mm-hmm. I am all for giving like tips, like, you know, how like an- answer your DMs, be responsive, be authentic, like all of those things. But when you're giving tips that are like the thing I was saying, like certain hashtags or like, like you have to be on the app for 30 minutes after you upload, blah, 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 blah. Like all of mm-hmm. these things that are just like, just because that worked for you. And honestly, like who knows if that worked for you or not, it might've just like happened coincidentally. Yeah. And then you think that that's the reason why. But I think like, if you are consistent, if you wait it out and I know that patience is not something that like is anyone wants to hear, but like for me, for example, I started on YouTube in 2011. I didn't do this full time until 2019. Like it was eight years. Like, I like, that's crazy. Like so many people were able to do it full time in a matter of two years, three years, four years. I waited eight years until I made enough money to like actually do it full time. And then when I like, now I'm like, wow, like, I'm so glad that I waited, but like, obviously in the moment I was like, man, like all these people are getting so many followers and I'm like, not, or they're working with these cool brands and I'm not, but I just like continued to do what I really enjoyed doing, continued to speak to my audience. I have people that have been following me for years now. And like, I follow them, they follow me. I don't even view them as like subscribers or followers anymore. It's like, I feel like I literally know them because I've been talking to them for years. And like, you know, it's like, we've been DMing for years. We've been commenting on each other's photos for years. And I think that makes a really strong community rather than when your only focus is to gain followers, you're not going to do it because people want to feel like they're involved in a community. And if you're not giving that to them, they will find it somewhere else. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I think that was incredibly, incredibly well said. I, I love too, that you talked about you built this, like it took time. I think there's also something to be said about social media. We're so used to like that instant gratification. Like you post, you get likes, like it's again, very transactional, like you said. So I think when you talk about the actual amount of time it takes to go into building a community, 
that loses a bit of translation because people are like, well, I could go viral or like, I could do this. Like, it's so instant that they almost forget that like what you are building is actually in sense of business. You're building a community. You're building these things that are going to give you a livelihood. And with anything, I think it does take time and it takes consistency. And I, I really love that you touched on that. Cause I think we lose a little bit of that in these conversations. Yeah. And it's, I feel like so many times these courses and all of these like social media tips and stuff feel so just like how to get rich quick. Like it's like get rich quick Mm -hmm. schemes. And I'm like, that's usually does not happen. (laughs) Like it's like such a one in a million chance or more to be someone that just like blows up instantly overnight. Like even the girl I was telling you about that, like hit from, went from 200 to 200 K in like a month. She was doing it for a long time before she finally blew up. Like it took her a long time to hit 200. It was not, you know, and then she hit 200 quickly, but like, that's why overnight successes usually aren't overnight. It's just like, you just didn't know them beforehand. Yeah. They've just been in the, in the shadows hustling. Totally. Okay. So Natalie, you've been a joy. I want to go into some rapid fire with you because I'm sure everyone's super interested in a couple of these questions and I am too. So let's just jump into it. So who is your favorite person on Instagram or TikTok to stalk? Um, this one girl named Dolma on TikTok. <laughs> she, do you follow her at uh-uh. all? Or she it sounds like kind of familiar though. You would really like her. I might be saying her name wrong, but I think, I think it's Dolma. So okay. she, her on TikTok, she posts all about like consumer brands and she does like a deep dive analysis Ooh. on like which ones she thinks will do well, which ones are doing well, what her like take on them, um, how like, maybe why startups fail, why some consumer brands do better than others. She'll Wait, talk all I about love like, that. so like it helps me so much. And especially since you have super, like uh-huh. it would really help with like, just like thinking about it from a business perspective and a marketing perspective. Like I literally like love her page on TikTok. I, I love that. The other one I follow one, I think it's called female startup. And she does these quick, like snackable videos, which is like this founder did X, Y, and Z. And then she'll usually talk about like a, like a pain point, like so-and-so invested $50,000 to produce her first product and the product was shit or something. But then she'll be like, but then look how she turned it into a million dollar company. Like I love stuff like that. And yes, I'm going to look Dolma, Dolma, Dolma. Yes. Dolma, Dolma, Dolma. Okay. (laughs) I'll look her up. Um, okay. What is your go-to self-love or wellness practice? Um, I would say that I, my go-to like wellness practice is definitely like working out first thing in the morning, like an hour a day. And I don't use my phone. So like, that's one thing, like I use my phone to like, look at my workouts, like Uh my workout app that I'm using, but like I put my phone on sleep mode until I'm ready for work. So like, I don't check my phone for the first like entire hour of the day. That's so therapeutic. I do something similar. I have, I have it blocked out my calendar. It's called like morning time and it's from seven 30 until 10. And yep. like my team, everyone knows that that's like quiet time. And it's honestly the best game changer ever. It's so nice to have that because like, I don't want to wake up and like automatically be like responsive and like texting people and emailing. And like, no, I, I know some people they're like, I wake up in the morning and I like, first thing I do is I read the news. I'm like, that would literally depress me. Like I can't <laughs> do that. It just seems like that brings on so much outside energy when I'm like, you know, I want to sit like probably like you, where you want to sit and you actually set your intention for the day or look at your goals or meditate or get right in like your body and your mind. And I, I totally feel that I cannot 
look at social or anything in the morning. It just screws with me. Exactly. Same. (laughs) Okay. What is your go-to cocktail or drink of choice? Oh, lately I've been ordering Paloma's. I'm obsessed with them. Okay. So good. And I, I'm a very big like tequila drinker. Mm -hmm. So like any tequila drink is good, but I think I've been like margaritaed out. Like I've like had way too Uh many margaritas lately. So I'm like, I can't do that anymore. So Paloma's are the new like summer drink. I love a good espresso martini, but again, I can only have like one of those because I'll get like jittery if not. Um, you should try it with good super. It's amazing. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Perfect plug. (laughs) (laughs) It it came on literally the espresso martini came like the trend came on right as we're like producing it super. And I was like, I don't know like how beneficial it is mix CBD and alcohol. I was like, but I'll give it a shot. And I love it. I need to try that. Like that would be so good then. It's pretty good. You'll have to give it a shot. Yeah. Do it with a little bit of coconut tequila and it's fire. Ooh, I actually haven't tried an espresso martini with tequila yet. And I know that people like really like those. So I'm, I need to try it. Yeah. It kind of like, so the coffee, I feel like takes that, like there's still a little bit of that tequila bite, but it's like the coffee kind of balances that bite. So it's, it's, I don't know. I like them way better than vodka espresso martinis. Okay. I'm going to try it next time. I like go to dinner and order one. I'm going to ask for it with tequila and then I'm going to try it at home with yours. <laughs> yeah. Do it girl. Do it. Um, okay. Favorite guilty pleasure. Um. I mean, I like really enjoy just like watching TV at the end of the day. Like, I feel like I used to be a reader and like, I haven't, it makes me sad. Like I haven't read a book like all year pretty much (laughs) because like my downtime now, I don't even want, I kind of want to like turn my brain off. And like, Mm -hmm. I've just been like rewatching shows like One Tree Hill, New Girl, like all these like older shows. And I'm just like watching those at every single night at the end of the night. So I would say like at the end of the night, a few hours of TV is like my guilty pleasure. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There's, there's actually, I had a really good conversation with, um, Krista from almost 30 and she and I were talking about, there's this like business overwhelm fatigue sometimes that like we get as like entrepreneurs where it's like, we're constantly searching around for like new things that we should be learning or like things we should be knowing. And it kind of like leads to burnout to not have those like downtimes of like literally doing mindless things and letting your actually, I just did a podcast on this, like letting your brain rest, like a mental rest. And I totally feel you on that. I it's, it's nice to have just a down moment. Exactly. Cause usually the books I read are very like, like business, like how to, how Mm -hmm. to grow your business, how to like be more productive, how to be a better version of yourself, like those types of books. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I need to just like, literally do nothing. Like for sure. I, I love that. I think there's something totally to be said about that as well. Okay. The, your favorite podcast you're listening to right now. Um, I really like the skinny confidential. I feel like it's like Mm -hmm. a cop-out answer because everyone says that, but like, (laughs) I really have been enjoying that podcast lately. So I'd say that one. They're, they're, you know, they're goody. They're an OG man. Um, and then someone that has inspired you in business. It could be another business owner. It could be an influencer. Yeah. So Grace Beverly has inspired me a lot. I don't know if you follow her. Mm -hmm. Um, she's like the founder of Tala and also Shreddy. Mm -hmm. And I just think she is someone that like, I really, really enjoy watching because I always 
struggled finding other people that were like very similar to me when it came to, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners. And I always felt like, okay, like I'm, I'm very like girly and I like posting like lifestyle content and like, I, I want to post like me at the beach one day, you know, like I don't, I don't want to always have to be in like a blazer and like post that, you know, or anything like that. Like I felt like I had to compartmentalize like business mode versus like actually me. Mm-hmm. And she does a really good job at like merging those two together and being like, this is who I am. And like, I'm also a business owner. And oh, yeah. so I really love that. And another one is also Amanda Getz. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's founder of House of Wise. It's like a mm-hmm. CBD company. You would actually like have a lot of yeah, common. I will look um, her up. Yeah. She is also another woman that does that too, where she's like, doesn't compartmentalize herself. She's like mm-hmm. a single mom, three kids, um, started this house of wise, like, which is like a CBD gummy company, uh, mainly for women. And like, she just like kills it and is really, really inspiring. And honestly, also you, I really, really enjoy, like, you're also someone that's like not, you know, business. And then you, it's like all one. It's all, it all flows, baby, (laughs) which I really, really appreciate. (laughs) Oh, Natalie, that just made my day. Thank you so much. Okay. Last and final question. Last and final question. You have been so much fun and I'm so excited to go on the real, real. Cause I think we're going to chat all the things and continue this conversation. Um, what does influence mean to you? Um, I think, I mean, influence means like when you have the power to actually, you know, shape people's moods, shape people's like perspectives, like make people think a little differently. Like, I don't think it's necessarily like you're changing people's minds, but like you're allowing people to think differently, feel a certain way, make people feel better or worse. You know, I think that there's like good and bad to influence, but I'd say anything that like makes people think and change the way they're thinking is, um, what influence would mean to me. And I always hope that I use that for like actually making them think in a more positive way or, you know, changing their way they think in a, in a better way rather than like producing more like toxicity on, on the internet. I love that. Natalie, you have been awesome girlfriend. And I'm so excited to chat all the things and continue this relationship because you just are such an awesome person inside and out. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for going under the influence with us. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Like I really love talking about this. And I knew I was like, so excited to have you on my show and me to go on here. Cause I feel like we're very similar. So yeah. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> I love it girl. All right. Well, we'll stay in touch actually real quick. I signed off too early, but where can everybody find you? Can you drop oh, yeah. all of your, all your names, all your handles? Yeah. You can find me at Natalie Barbu on all social media handles, the real, real podcast, and then Rella social or get Hell yeah. All right. Now I can sign off. Thanks for going under the influence with us, Natalie. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 